I'm Ryan Milliken from Hardway Performance, and you're listening to the Diesel Power Podcast. I'm Demetri Miller with No Zone Diesel. This is Anthony Rings from XDP. Jaron Holder from Holder Down Performance. I'm Corey Willis with PPI. I'm Drew with DJ Precision Machine. I'm Pinky. And you're listening to the Diesel Power Podcast. Diesel Power Podcast. And you're listening to the Diesel Power Podcast. The one and only Diesel Power Podcast. What is up, Diesel Nation? We have an awesome episode for you guys today, and it's being brought to you by BD Diesel. The BD Protect 68 kit for Dodge 68 RFE transmissions is a really cool product. What it does is it prevents clutch slippage by fixing an internal leak problem that happens when applied pressures go higher than stock. So this is a must for all performance built 68 transmissions. BD's Protect 68 control module dynamically adjusts hydraulic pressures up to 250 PSI based on turbo boost and engine load. The kit only takes two to three hours to install, and it comes with a custom valve body separator plate and gaskets that seal in the increased line pressure while stopping internal cross leaks. So guys, make sure and check out BD Diesel. Just go to dieselperformance.com, or you can call them at 800-887-5030. Ask them about the BD Protect 68 kit, what it can do for your transmission. And now we're going to get into the podcast today, and we've got Matt from Alligator Performance, Really excited to have you on. I want to talk to you about your truck, a bunch of different things. So welcome to the podcast, man. Yeah, yeah, thanks for the invite, for sure. Man, I'm a big, big fan of your truck. Like, I've, I've been seeing it everywhere. I've seen it for years. It's kind of evolution and, and the way it's changed. And, and we wanted to talk to you today about it and kind of go through that process. You know, there's a lot of the guys out there that, uh, you know, are just starting out. Um, maybe not sure what direction they want to go with the truck, maybe people in the same position as you, where you've, you've you know, changed it and the the wheels and tires and performance and all that. And we just wanted to uh, kind of pick your brain a little bit and, uh, you know, learn more about the truck, where where it was and, and where you've taken it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and I've had this truck now since, well, I bought it back in 2010, so it's been a, a solid seven-year year build. And uh, in Back when I uh, started working at Alligator, I was I was hired on as a, a, a helping hand and uh, just to take basically phone call messages. I was not a diesel guru or anything like that. Um, I drove a Hemi at the time, had a construction business, and uh, so I bought that truck in 2010, um, about six months after starting starting here, and uh, just kind of was starting to spitball a few parts on it. Uh, decided to go ahead and make a goal of uh, horsepower. You know, back in 2010. Uh, 600 horsepower was a uh, was a pretty damn good number. Yeah. So that was kind of the goal was was all right. We're gonna go for 600 and everything, and and uh, have a daily driven truck and still tow with it and and uh, have fun on the weekends and then roll around to a few local uh, uh, sled pole events and maybe maybe hit the strip um, and then do uh, uh, any any dyno event that comes around and and uh, so I ended up starting to build it a little bit. Did. Uh, um, uh, industrial silver 62 turbo uh, did their 90 horsepower injectors um, just a bag of parts to the cp3 um, you know uh, just a bolt-on afe stage 2 intake and then then back then uh, you know tuning was pretty uh, uh, pretty vast there it wasn't quite as refined as as efi live nowadays so i ended up doing the uh, notorious uh, smarty stack the edge use of attitude and uh, you know Basically, a few other little bolt-ons. I did some accessories, lift kit, wheels and tires, and head studs, a few things like that, and end up rolling out just over 600 horsepower with that setup. Uh, you know, and then like, all right, I should be happy with this, and uh, <laughs> it, it didn't. 
didn't last for more than a couple of months. And it was like, all right, need another goal. So we bumped it up to 700 horsepower, and, and I swapped out turbos, did an industrial silver 64 turbo, um, upgraded to 180 horsepower injectors, did a dual CP3 kit just to get that extra fuel there, um, did a uh, Colt Stage 3 cam, 110-pound uh, valve springs, uh, BD intercooler, uh, snow performance Stage 3, uh, water meth kit, um, and then that was right when EFI Live came to the market, and I got with Calibrated, and uh, they ended up tuning my truck, and uh, we ended up pushing about mid-700s out of it, and uh, kind of the same thing. Uh, got tired of that horsepower and needed more, <laughs> so uh, bumped it up. You know, the next goal was 800, and uh, been working with uh, ATS uh, back, and I think that was back in 2014 about opening up the uh, compound turbo line for the Cummins because there just wasn't a whole lot they offered. You know, the 3K, 4K, 5K as a as a single kit, and uh, so got with uh, Ryan Galinas over there and and uh, Clint Cannon, and uh, worked with them for. Almost a almost a year on uh, uh, basically their compound kit line on you know different ideas, a few conference calls about you know what would be a good combination, uh, you know, whether you do a, a wastegate with it, um, you know on the manifold or or you know what would be the best uh, combination there. So after about a year of that, they uh, end up flying up here with three different turbo kits, uh, compound turbo kits, and uh, installed it, made install instructions, took a bunch of pictures, and uh, Basically, just went through the line trying out um, different turbo kits with uh, different tuning, uh, just to try to, you know, see what worked best. Get horsepower numbers, get uh, temperatures, go tow with it. You know, it's just kind of a, a full, uh, full meal package there. And we uh, end up dynamoing with the uh, 3K, 5K compound kit, uh, 821 horsepower is what we made out of that. And out of everything that we tried for. Uh, uh, turbo combination that 3k 5k was uh, the best for towing uh, lowest temperatures it spooled the quickest since it is a small set it's like a 58 and a 71 uh, mil charger so they're definitely definitely tiny um, and then uh, Bob Peterson from uh, calibrated he ended up flying over just to live tune it uh, on the diner just you know see if there was something he was missing or you know see what else we could push out of it but 820 was about the safe zone we could push more but yeah we kind of stuck with that and, uh, you know, so beyond that, I was like, all right, do I dare <laughs> try to push this up to a 1,000? Right now, it's reliable. Uh, got a transmission that's working right now. You know, that's always the uh, the breaking point on those those uh, five nines. That 48RE uh, transmission is, is uh, you know, kind of weak until you actually really build it. And, and uh, I had a billet input shaft and a billet out and uh, just to kind of rebuild on it. Nothing, nothing too fancy. And I uh, think we went to ATS's Let It Roll event in 2015 and uh, threw on the dyno um, there for their event. And uh, being that mile high, I think I only dyno like 750 out of it. And so it wasn't too impressive there. So um, didn't have a nitrous kit set up or anything. So I just you know grabbed a bottle from one of the guys and, and uh, had one of the employees go ahead and spray uh, just a ghetto fog at the truck and and uh, made over a thousand horsepower uh, horsepower on that so i was at that point just happy with it uh, i could drive it a long distance like that i could tow temperature stayed nice and then it was strong enough to be able to you know push a thousand horsepower out of it and and still walk away without you know limping away <laughs> so nowadays it's just a, a good solid uh 
towing truck. I tow uh, just a 25-foot camper um, all around uh, during, it's like a weekend warrior basically, just almost every other weekend it seems like we're going up in the mountains and, and camping and shooting. So, um, you know, definitely like to have something reliable when you're, you know, 30, mi- uh, 30 miles out in the mountains and don't have cell phone service, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, like, what's what's even crazy, you know, thinking about it is, you know, when we first start out, we think, oh, I just want six, I just want seven, I just want eight. But it can quickly go as far as somebody may want to take it. Yeah, and then it seemed like once uh, uh, the turn of the industry, when you're talking about industrial and Sean Baca and Randy Reyes and, um, you know, uh, Demetri Millard um, and, like, Chris Ross, all those guys started uh, pushing the envelope, making, you know, that 15, 1,600 horsepower. And, and uh, you know, I know Demetri back in the day was going for that 2,000 horsepower range. And, and uh, you know, industrial, they started pushing the envelope as well with uh, Brett Williams' truck or Williams' truck and, and then uh, uh, Bacchus' truck. Now they're, you know, breaking that, you know, 2,000, you know, trying to get to that 3,000 horsepower mark. And that's kind of where I'm. I draw the line. It's like, uh, that's great for those type of guys. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> myself, I'll just go ahead and keep that 800 horsepower, uh, reliable, daily driver uh, tow truck, and uh, something I don't have to uh, worry about breaking everything all the time. I don't necessarily have uh, bottomless pockets, so <laughs> definitely don't want to break everything. You know, if your transmission has left you stranded, you need to check out BD's transmissions and torque converters. They're built for high torque and performance applications. They've got revised oil circuits, roller bearings that replace bushings, extra clutches and stronger internals, and a BD transmission can handle up to 300% more power and torque than a stock transmission. Each transmission comes with a heavy-duty transmission pan, and most applications come bundled with the BD Full Flow Filter Kit. Pair up the transmission with a BD Torque Converter, whose torque-multiplying cast aluminum stators lower RPM response for more efficient operation, less heat, and better fuel economy. And who doesn't want better fuel economy? BD converters feature stamped forged steel front covers, furnace brazed fins, and up to triple the amount of lockup clutch material. Applications are available for everyday street, towing, and track applications. And BD makes their custom parts on site to control the quality and production to ensure that you have the best experience possible from a North American made product. But I want to get back to something you said, Matt. You, you talked about shooting. When did you become passionate about shooting and firearms? Yeah, it's kind of been just a, I guess, a full lifestyle or, you know, something that I guess is a passion. Uh, but it was, you know, when I was three years old, uh, out at my great-grandparents' uh, apple orchard in central Washington, out there uh, giving me a quarter. Um, every robin I killed, you know, in the cherry trees or apple trees, every robin, um, or bird or something like that out there, they'd give me a, a quarter or 50 cents to, to do that. And I would do that every single summer, um, you know, growing up all the way until I was a teenager. And uh, just kind of a little BB gun or 410 shotgun type of thing. And, and uh, just as things grew and, uh, you know, gotten the high school time frame of your life and, you know, just kind of started making money, you know, having a real job type of thing. And, and instead of, I guess, spending money on whatever kids spend their money on. I was saving money for rifles and, and uh, AR-15s and, and uh, pistols and everything like that. So it was just kind of one of those, you know, family definitely brought me into it uh, early in the game, and it just it's something that stick, or stuck, that's for sure. <laughs> I started with uh, um, my, uh, my grandparents lived in Wyoming, 
And so I'd go up there in the summer and visit, and they had an old pellet gun. I don't know how old it was, but we would put, uh, like, these coffee cans and stuff, and I would just plank, and I would do it for hours. And that's where I just like the challenge of it and, you know, didn't I didn't know how passionate I would become about it, but it was just so fun like, learning how to align the sights and then, you know, not even being close to that coffee can and just learning that process of how to line everything up hearing that tink sound <laughs> and then stepping farther and farther back to see how far could you go before it was just too far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I try to get that precision down. I mean, we used to, um, take a shotgun shell, set them on the cinder blocks out, you know, it started out, you know, 20 yards and then 30 yards and everything with a, just a 22, uh, shooting the primers out of the shotgun shell from, you know, 20, 30 yards out and everything. So you have, your first initial pull the trigger, boom, and then the secondary shotgun blast because you're hitting the primer on that <laughs> shotgun shell, you know. Just little things like that. It's kind of like uh, playing with fireworks or firecrackers or something like that uh, as a kid, too. It's like, all right, well, lighting the match and hearing that pop is all fun, but I want I want something that goes in the air and, and makes some pretty sparkles and booms and, uh, you know, definitely progresses as you go. I mean, starting to BB gun and, and progressing to uh, 22 or a little 410 shotgun, uh, it was all nice and everything, but once I could actually start getting my hands onto uh, definitely a more versatile platform like an AR-15, then that you know opens worlds. That's for sure. Is that your favorite semi-automatic rifle? Uh, I'd have to say it's uh, it's hard to beat. I mean, it, it's versatile. So you could yeah. you get something nowadays that. Uh, I guess after this uh, fresh, you know, Trump administration came in, being a Republican White House, it seemed like all the prices of AR-15 stuff dropped. Uh, you know, last administration it seemed like they were six, seven, eight hundred dollars for an AR-15. Now, you can buy uh, like a DPMS or a Smith um, AR-15 for three hundred eighty dollars. I want to say. So, uh, and, and following that, ammunition dropped. I mean, it it was, you know. 250 bucks, I think, for a thousand rounds for, you know, I think like eight, ten years ago, and then it went up there for quite some time, maybe like 500 bucks, and now it's back to that, you know, $300 range for a thousand rounds. So it's it's getting reasonable again to be able to, you know, take a uh, take a can of ammo out and and plink around with some, you know, metal targets or or uh, some paper targets or whatever, and you could do anything from uh, precision shooting hundreds of yards out with an AR-15. Um, or you could just do some, you know, 30-yard uh, drills, and uh, definitely having the 30-round uh, capacity there is is nice. They are. That's kind of one of the things too, where when we talk about trucks and guns, is the AR-15 platform to me is it's almost it's similar to what you can do with a truck. Like, if you don't like the power, you can change it. If you don't like the way. Um, you know, the transmission shifts, you can change it. It's just like this endless thing <laughs> that you can modify and alter. And I mean, I, I, I do have a few AR 15s and I like them. Um, they're fun. Uh, they're soft shooters, but I've always gravitated towards the AK platform, whether, you know, like the AKM or the AK 74. I don't know why, but it's just, I, I'm a nerd with it. Like I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm really bad. <laughs> and I've seen a handful of your pictures out there popping around with uh, <laughs> the AKs. And, um, I always kind of was uh, always thought that 
the AR would have been like there's no other reason to go out anything but that AR platform until uh, there's a local kid around here. One uh, Sunday morning, woke up. It was like seven seven o'clock in the morning. Rolled over, grabbed my phone, jumped on Facebook, just started seeing what people were doing, you know. And and uh, uh, this kid jumped on there. This is back before the Facebook rules changed. You couldn't talk about firearms, uh, but it talked about he uh, he threw it up there uh, an AK-47 for sale for two hundred and fifty dollars. And as soon as I saw that I shot him, I asked like, dude, where are you at? I'm headed that way right now. I got cash in hand, and I'll, I'll figure this out. I'll, I'm on my way. So he was he was working a, a lumber shop and everything. So I ended up going down there and waited in the uh, parking lot for two hours before he could get on his lunch break to meet me out at his car to go ahead and pull that uh, uh, AK out so I could go ahead and, and purchase it. Everything else for an AK, I think, was, what, five $600? And so for him to throw it out $250, like, yep, that's the deal. I don't even care what brand it is. I'm getting it. And uh, I love that thing. It, it's uh, it's definitely a, a great shooter. Uh, it can get really dirty, um, and you don't ever have to really clean. I mean, I usually take care of my guns, so I clean it quite often. But, uh, yeah, and then the ammunition was a lot cheaper. You're shooting yeah. steel casings versus, you know, brass and, and uh, so you can buy a thousand rounds for that for um, you know two hundred two hundred fifty bucks. Yeah, I remember. I don't know why. I, it, I mean, it it does certain things well. You know, the precision part of it is not say on the level of an AR fifteen, but there's it, it's been around so long that there, yeah, there's a ton you can do to accessorize them. Um, you know, as far as like different furniture. Um, there's the, like the classic look, the more modern with the polymer, uh, stocks or side folding stocks and that kind of stuff. And when I knew I would just, I had an obsession with it is I had this, uh, it was an Arsenal SLR 104 and I knew I could put like a, just a, a red dot on it or, or something. And I had found this site that sold, uh, like Russian optics there. They're for the civilian market, but this thing had to weigh like two pounds. It was ridiculously heavy, but it was built like a tank. And I remember just going out and just, I just like the look of it. I don't know how practical, I mean, I wouldn't want to hike very far with something like that. I just took like, you know, a seven, eight pound rifle and made it 10 pounds with an optic. But <laughs> yeah, That's kind of the AK world. It seems they don't really care about, about the weight. Like when, mm-hmm. with mine, I swapped out the wood stuff and, and did uh, all polymer folding stock furniture and everything. And, uh, but it's still heavy. Uh, like the, uh, the front rail, um, is still aluminum that I have on it, but, um, that's just a heavy gun. And then you flop over to the AR world and it's all about getting it lighter and lighter. Um, you know, so, you know, doing a bunch of different billet pieces or polymer pieces and then having it like a skeleton so you, you can see pretty much through the gun. I want to say there's it's F1, I think it's just F1 Firearms or F1 Tactical, uh, like the the full upper and uh, lower and, and uh, everything on the AR-15 is basically slit and see-through. You can see the uh, bolt carrier group sliding through the upper and everything and uh, just to drop weight. So I, it's not too practical in my opinion. You know. What's also really different about the two different kind of communities or fans or, you know, loyalists of, of either platform is like the AR-15 world, people are very receptive to new things, to changes, um, mm-hmm. new materials. But the AK world, it's like we're still stuck 50 years ago. If it's not a chrome-lined barrel and it didn't come out of, you know, one of these three factories... Or something, it's like there's resistance to that change, you know. And 
I don't know. It's it, it's kind of cool to just be into guns in general and see, you know, how this one platform. It's like, nope, you got to keep it. it. Has to be. Well, I don't know if we get Russian ones <laughs> anymore here or what that's going to do. But you know, Russian, Bulgarian, Romanian, um, you know, just different countries, and it's just like the Magpul stuff. Um, it lightens up those rifles a lot, and you know, I I like it. Um, but just, you know, browsing forums or different things, it's like some of the, some of the, the loyalists, the purists or traditionalists, I think is what they call themselves. They're like, no, it's gotta be wood. It's gotta be laminated furniture. It, it's just, they like to keep them, you know, more in that original state. And it's, it's crazy because you'd mentioned how things have changed, um, you know, like politically and, and with the guns and everything is, you know, the, the AK platform just dragged behind. There really wasn't anything new or cool. It was just the same old gun, well, now there's a bunch of different triggers for them, a bunch of different furniture options, a bunch of different muzzle brakes, and I think it's been hard for these companies because people aren't panic buying now. You know, I'm not even. I'm just like, oh, wait, I got plenty of time. And it's hopefully it just keeps moving forward and evolving and cooler stuff is, is coming out and, and new models, not just of rifles, but even pistols and you know, things like that. So hopefully they, they find a way to, you know, keep, uh, keep innovating and bring us new products. Oh, and I'm sure they will, um, you know, just find that next, uh, niche in the market for, uh, these gun manufacturers is, is how they, they stay, uh, up on top. That's for sure. Um, you know, I'm kind of excited to see, and, uh, I got my, my doubts about it. Um, but the direction that this, uh, possible hearing protection act, um, you know, is going to go, you know, yeah. uh, if you've read into that or heard a whole lot about that with uh, them taking uh, the Congress here uh, soon about uh, allowing suppressors, you know, just as a standard uh, issue deal as a serial number, you don't have to wait for, um, you know, the one year, damn near a one year uh, waiting period and, and tax stamps and all that stuff. You can just go into your local gun store, they do a background check on you, go ahead and walk out the suppressor. And, uh, you know, that's definitely, the, I think, the, the next big push in the gun market. Um, and I'm sure a bunch of uh, new companies will arise out of that, just, you know, pulling suppressors out of their ass. That's, you know, just trying to sell it, you know, just gonna, it's going gonna, it's gonna to blow that market out. You're going to go from, right now, suppressors are, you know, six, seven, eight hundred dollars $800 plus, you know, for a general one, there's more, you know, more expensive ones, too. And uh, as soon as, you know, they buy it, they have to wait that year, and then they pay that $200 tax stamp. You know, as soon as that becomes you know, a general thing, um, I can see the, the price of suppressors dropping down to, you know, $400 pretty quick and easily. So I know that I have probably four or five guns in my safe that I just go out and buy suppressors, you know, right away. Yeah. I mean, I would, yeah, I definitely would too. Is remember one time I was shooting and I had my you know, hearing protection on and it, it just, it just shifted a little bit. So it wasn't covering like my full ear, my right side. And Right. And I fire off a couple shots and I'm like, why is my head hurting so bad? Well, it, it's just, it's so loud. Like it, it, it's, it's intense and it's, it's kind of, it's one of those no brainers, I think, you know, for, for, for me and a lot of, a lot of us is why, you know, it's, why not have them? Why not protect your hearing? <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. And I was watching a YouTube video and I have no idea the brand of it, but uh, this company, they uh, built suppressor and they got into no no hearing uh, protection at all, 
went into one of those uh, steel Connex uh, boxes, those ship containers. Yeah. And a uh, uh, guy steps about, you know, five feet in there and uh, uh, talking the camera, turns around and uh, pops a, you know, half dozen rounds out and no hearing protection didn't bother him at all. So, I mean, it's noticeable. I mean, it's not like the movie show where it's just a, a sound of some moving air. I mean, you're still hearing a pop. You're still moving the action of the gun and everything, but uh, it, it definitely makes it so you can shoot a, a rifle without blowing your eardrums out. That's a, you know, the, there's probably, well, there may be, you know, people out there that, that, that are listening that, you know, are kind of interested or have a little bit of experience with firearms. And, you, you know, we were just talking about the, the hearing aspect to it and um, that, but having been around guns for all your life and, and shooting them, what are some tips that you would tell someone who was new? Like say they had never shot a firearm, a pistol or rifle, or they just had a little bit of experience that, uh, you know, with it, but wanted to learn more. You know, what were some things that, that you picked up or, you know, learned the hard way, whether it was, you know, buying the most expensive gun or the least expensive gun or, um, you know, what, what kind of gear, you know, do you need? Um, how, how often should you go to the range? You know, things like that. Right, for sure. Um, well, especially getting into it uh, right off the bat, I'd, I'd recommend either finding somebody um, that is passionate in it and uh, uh, or at least knows some of the safety backgrounds because uh, I'm, I'm pretty big when it comes to safety uh, with firearms. There's definitely no need to ever have a legitimate accident in that. And uh, uh, learn the safety side of things, you know, act like it's a loaded gun at every time, just, you know, where that barrel is, having, uh, you know, some trigger safety, making sure that you're not accidentally pulling a trigger, not knowing if there's anything in the chamber. Um, and then, you know, beyond that, moving into something that isn't necessarily overly expensive. Um, and that's one of the reasons why the AR platform, in my opinion, is, is nice because, like I said, you could go ahead and pick up a, an AR-15 for, you know, 380 bucks, 400 bucks now, and it's not going to break the pocket. You can go out and see if it's something you're into or something you like. Um, and then you can take that stock platform and go ahead and, and start increasing the uh you know the, the look of it or increasing the performance of it get a do- different uh you know a bolt carrier group that's coated and uh it's nicer uh get a better barrel um you know change instead of a uh, a polymer or plastic uh, uh you know rail or anything like that get yourself a you know different different flat tops uh upper or a different rail system or uh you know different grip something that you know fits your hand a little better you know, it can definitely open up um, into uh, the AR platform a lot more than most most uh, firearms. Um, you know, pistols are kind of the same way, but, you know, a lot of times, you know, pistol out of the box, most guys just kind of keep it as is. As, you know, most of the time you use pistols just popping around or, or sometimes, uh, you know, an everyday carry or something if you have a concealed weapons permit. And, uh, you know, I'd probably just stick with doing a, a rifle, rifle first. Yeah, I would agree with you. I, I would say it, it definitely it's more controllable. There's more points of contact that you have, and it's it, pistols take a, a really long time, or they did for me to just. They're almost more personal in the sense of like, and this is one of the mistakes I made is I didn't do enough research. Um, I may have talked with a few people, then I go into the gun store and I buy this gun because somebody liked it, this handgun, and then I find I don't like how it fits my hand 
or there's you know just little small things that I didn't like with it. So then I end up you know taking it back, reselling it to them, losing money, <laughs> and going and buying a different one. And you can you can waste a lot of money doing that. But there's so much information out there, like online and on videos and um, even just hanging around like the gun store getting or at the the target uh, or the shooting range is people will offer you their insights, you know, and just even testing them out. I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure how often I did this in the beginning, but once I lost some money is I'd go to the shooting range and you could rent handguns or rifles, but I'd rent handguns and try them. It's like 20 bucks and a box of ammo versus four or five, six hundred dollars. <laughs> and <laughs> that was, uh, you know, beyond the safety, but, but like beyond the responsibility and taking that on, um, that's absolutely the most important thing. But yeah, I'm right there with you beyond that. It's, you know, just yeah. take it slow. Yeah. See, seem a little, uh, you know, something that you can, they usually feel, I wouldn't say the same across the board, but they have that same general style feel, something you shoulder. Um, you have a, a long area where you can maneuver your hands to kind of fit to wherever you feel the gun feels right in your arms yeah. uh, versus the pistols more of, all right, the grip is this certain way. I got one point of contact, and uh, you know, you're basically kind of playing with the sights a little bit to see exactly how the sights are supposed to line up where you're hitting on paper. Um, you know, so it seemed like always with pistols, I would either have to handle a buddy's pistol first, or you know, I have to know somebody I can at least grip it and go out to the range and shoot it for a bit, uh, just to see if that was the right pistol for me. I know whenever I was looking for a new uh, uh, carry gun, because um, for quite some time I was just using um, a Kimber uh, Pro Carry 2 1911, and it was a stainless steel on stainless steel um, deal. So it was it was a heavy gun, especially when you're throwing in uh, seven eight rounds of a 45. It was a lot hanging on, you know, a holster yeah. and like, you know on my pants. So uh, I ended up looking at like a shield, uh, you know, a couple different Glocks and. And uh, had a few buddies that have, you know, just kind of a, a plethora of pistols. So went out and, and uh, held a bunch of them, shot a couple of them, and, and uh, you know, decided that uh, my new everyday carry gun was going to be a Glock 43, um, just a single stack 9mm. Um, you know, not something that's going to, you know, be a battle style pistol by any means, but hopefully, you know, if I'm, you know, an everyday carry gun, it's never going to have to turn into that. It's just more of a, uh, protection and, and a detour, uh, uh, an aggressive issue like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that's one of those things like, you know, um, especially when it comes to like an everyday carry gun is it's a very different feeling from like a 1911 or, uh, say like a Glock 17 compared to a Glock 43 or a shield or a Springfield XDS or, um, something like that. And it's just that comfort level and then getting proficient with it it takes some time, you know, let's say on like a smaller gun, you're, it's just going to fit different. It's going to recoil different. Um, the trigger takes some time to get used to and, and stuff. And that's where compact. It's way different from a full. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's, I had a, um, a Springfield XDS, a nine millimeter. And I'd always, before that had larger framed, um, like a Glock 19 or, um, like the full size, uh, M and P, um, some of those. And then all of a sudden I have this small nine millimeter and it's like, this feels totally different 
with recoil. Like it's not actually going to come out of my hand, but it feels like it is because it's such a different kind of impulse, uh, recoil impulse. Snap to it versus uh, a full size gun having that, uh, or that full size pistol having a little weight to it. You know, it's a little slower snap back versus those mm-hmm. little, uh, uh, little compact ones. They they definitely have a snap to it. Yeah, I I see. Uh, you know, you guys do a lot of shooting up there. I know. You know, in Idaho, there's tons of tons of places. You know, outdoors and shooting ranges and stuff. So if I ever make it up that way, I'll have to take some take some guns and and let you guys know when I'll be there, and you guys can show me uh, show me the you know the good shooting spots up there. And definitely a lot of good shooting <laughs> spots, hunting spots. Uh, it's hard to hard to beat good old North Idaho, that's for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll definitely have to talk again. Um, I definitely want to stay on that uh, that track and see kind of what the the gun industry does in the market, how it kind of changes, especially with like even the Hearing Protection Act, but also products. And I know you and I could talk guns all day, but all day. <laughs> then I don't get paid to talk guns because I'd probably do it. <laughs> yeah, man, it was it's really cool having you on. Um, it, I, I love your truck, what you've done with it. Um, like you'd mentioned earlier with. Just the, the compound kits and the transmission and and, and seeing it out there and, and and you know just performing the way you want and then being able to talk guns for a while and just you know BS about AKs and ARs and giving people some tips of you know don't waste all the money I did <laughs> or you know right, yeah. do all these different things that you know maybe maybe help some people out there. Yeah, it can get expensive real quick. That's for sure. <laughs> Just like trucks, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. Yep. It's real expensive. Definitely, man. Well, we appreciate you being on and taking time out of your day and sharing some knowledge with us. Yeah, I definitely appreciate the uh, the invite, Patrick, and uh, love to do this again. We can't thank BD Diesel enough for making these episodes possible. If you're in the market for a built transmission, you need to check out BD's complete lineup for Ford, Dodge, and GM trucks. For towing, street, or strip use, they offer complete setups to make your truck perform how you want. Add a BD torque converter and get triple the amount of lockup clutch material, less heat, and better fuel economy. Go to dieselperformance.com or call BD at 800-887-5030. Until next time, diesel fans, keep the shiny side up.